racist views or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Racist mosquitoes. Hello and welcome to What A Way To Go. This is a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses and bizarre stories. We're your hosts, I'm Claire Daly. I'm Eleanor Gamer. I'm Sarah Austin. My headphones are a bit too big, but I've just realised I can adjust them, so... That's... Yeah. Don't worry, it's the whole story. Wonders of modern technology. It's a strong opener, gotta mm, say. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's riveted. <laughs> That's the hook. Um, and you're you're in. You are sucking in. Off um, we go. How are we? Are we good? Sarah's had a birthday. I've had a birthday. Last with you. I'm older. I'm a year older. That's how they work. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I think you might have said before how old you were going to be. Yeah, let's not mention it again, though. All right. We? 21, right? Yes. I'd hate to be 21 again. Yeah. It suck. I did not have a great 21. Right. Nah. I'm, I think I'm in the minority. I would just live my 20s again, over and over and over again. Yeah, but you were like travelling the world, <laughs> living your best life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, I suppose, actually. I was sick in a minibus on my 21st birthday. Oh, love. In America. I had people around for a New Year's party and then a friend of mine bought a load of boys from home that I loosely knew uh, and one ooh. of them um, broke the fence in my garden at my uni house. That was annoying. Amongst other fucking irritating things that they all did. But, uh, yeah. Boys. That's a bummer. Boys. I think 21-year-old boys, specifically. Yeah. Um, we are going to tell you some stories about people that have died or nearly died in weird ways. And to kick us off, over there, over Sarah here. Austin. Um, I'm going to tell you a story that's not very nice, but it's interesting. A and lot that, of them are exactly mm, that. Not very nice, but interesting. That is the point of the podcast, mm. actually. Um, and I'm going to talk to you about the unexplained recent deaths in the Dominican Republic. Oh. Have you heard this story? No. It is interesting. Mm. So I'm a big fan of the website The Cut, Mm-hmm. I actually pay for a membership because I like it so much. Um, and this is a bastardised, amalgamated version of the articles that Amanda Arnold wrote. Two separate articles about what's been happening. So, I'll just... Out to Amanda Arnold as well. Out to Amanda Arnold. I've not plagiarised, I'm just homaging your work. <laughs> sure. So, in early June of this year, 2019, media outlets started to pick up on a worrying trend coming out of the Dominican Republic. Americans are mysteriously dying while on vacation there. Mm. According to the original reports, three people, all of whom were staying in the same resort, had died since April. In the weeks since, that number has increased. On June 10th, the US State Department confirmed that... um, Weeks before the three reported incidents, another American died, and then um, that revelation sparked an FBI investigation into the four suspicious deaths. But additional revelations emerged in um, towards the end of June that at least six other Americans have recently died, bringing the total number of mysterious deaths to at least nine, and that's only if you're looking at the last three months. What? Yeah. Fucking weird. So, um, I've got a lot of questions, but I feel like you're going to get to. Yes, let's talk about it. But yeah, so basically. We could tell this story in an interview style. Yeah. Rather. Like, why don't you just ask the questions? Actually, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Why only Americans? Yes, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, it's not going to work. 
Um, I think because of the publicity around the people that are dying out there get that publicity. Also, it's quite a popular destination for Americans. Mm-hmm. America America is quite large, I believe. <laughs> I've not seen it all. But, I've seen but famously, few... no one has a passport. Well, yeah. Explain that, Austin. Uh, I don't want No, well bullshitted, I like it. But that's not bullshit. <laughs> Factual responses. Um, the Dominican Republic, is it on the Caribbean coast? You have to talk to Daly about this. It's I'm in the Caribbean. It's an island in the Caribbean. Is it an island? Yes. Oh, okay. Should we just fact check? No, fuck it. I'm going with it. It's an island in the Caribbean. Okay. Strong. Fine. There you go. Tourist right. destination. Big yeah. Pinewood Studios there. Why? Because they, if they need to shoot on, um, in inverted commas, tropical settings they just have one big studio in the dominican republic that's you know cost effective yeah i'd say well done still don't know if it's an island though. <laughs> i was going to check but uh, it i famously don't get any reception is. here no it definitely is um yeah, yeah fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna question that um so here we have um a chronological telling of the deaths um, which again was put together by Amanda Arnold. I'm not ripping ripping this off as my own. It's definitely hers. So um, we start on April 14th. So Robert Bell Wallace, 67, passed unexpectedly unexpectedly while vacationing. In an interview with Fox News, Wallace's niece shared more details that her uncle, who had been staying at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, became critically ill after consuming a drink from his hotel room's minibar three days before his death. Chloe Arnold is quoted as saying, we have so many questions, adding that the family still doesn't know the cause of his death um, and we don't want this to happen to anyone else. Um, In mid-June, TMZ reported that John Cochran, brother of Shark Tank's Barbara Cochran, I'm not sure if that's relevant, but it might be, um, died from a heart attack in his hotel room sometime in April. While the death is suspicious due to its similarities to the others, Cochrane's family believes that he simply died of natural causes as he reportedly had existing heart conditions. This will come up later, mm-hmm. the heart condition thing. Um, May 25th, the same day she arrived at the luxury Bahia Principe Bougainville Hotel in La Ramona, Miranda Schaup Werner, 41, died of a heart attack after having a drink from her room's minibar, the New York Post reports. Um, but her husband has also um, confirmed that she also suffered from heart problems. May 30th, five days later, just days after checking into the Playa Nueva Romana Hotel, Edward Nathaniel Holmes, 63, and Cynthia Ann Day were found dead in their hotel room after suffering from respiratory failure brought on by pulmonary edema. And in the New York Times article, the FBI said to be investigating these specific deaths the most closely because two people dying at once is far more suspicious than just one person dying who might have had heart complications. Um, So June 10th, after the FBI announced its intention to investigate the deaths, another American died, Layla Cox, 53 of Staten Island. According to local outlet silive.com, Cox was on vacation for her birthday when she died suddenly of a heart attack in her hotel room. It is unclear which resort she was staying at. June 13th, so again, three days later, the seventh person to mysteriously die was Joseph Allen, 55, of New Jersey. According to Allen's family, a maid found Allen dead on the floor of his hotel room at the Terra Linda Resort in Sosua. The State Department confirmed the death but have not revealed the cause. June 17th, four days later, according to Long Island's News 12, former pizzeria owner Vittorio Caruso 56, died at a hospital in Santa Domingo. According to the country's Attorney General Office, a preliminary autopsy showed that Carissa died from respiratory and heart failure. 
Reportedly, Caruso had long suffered from related health problems, but still can't attribute why he would have died then and there. June 18th um, is the, the, the latest death as of when these articles were written. So Susan Simono of Louisiana was celebrating her recent marriage to Keith Williams in Punta Cana. She reportedly didn't come down with any bug during the trip, but one week after the couple returned from hospital, from holiday she was rushed to hospital with fluids in her lungs in an interview with wwltv william said that they were not aware of the briar deaths adding i would never have gone if i had have known mm-hmm. so as i said those are just the met the deaths of the past few months there's been quite a few articles about it there's kind of a bit of a weird hysteria or there was in kind of like may june about this um and Good, bad. Um, tourism dropped like eighty four percent compared to Shit. flights to the Dominican Whoa. Republic or That's massive. Yeah, dropped um, over the last couple of months. Apparently, they're picking up again this month, but that's quite a big deal. So yeah, there's a New York Times article um, um, and other outlets have covered it, and according to them, the number of American deaths increases to at least twelve if you include those from two thousand eighteen. In April of 2018, Chris Palmer, 41, was found dead in his room at the Villa Cocotel Palmer Resort in Punta Cana. In May, Donette Edge Cannon, 38, mysteriously died of kidney failure while staying in the Sunscape Bavaro Beach. Uh, in June, Yvette Monique Sport. The thing about all of these people, actually, is they've all got three names, most of them. Have you noticed that? There's like two people with two names and everybody else has got three names. That's like the um, conspiracy theory about... Assassinations. Yeah. Hey. What's that? That's it. Lee Harvey Oswald, who killed... John Lennon? No. no. The president. Either... Oh, yeah. JFK. JFK. And then... Cut that. Who was the one that no, killed... No, keeping it in. Who was the one that killed... There was a three-person, a three-name person who killed John Lennon. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. But do, do, do you know and then the one that killed Lincoln as well yeah. was three names and they had the same number of letters or something. But do you know what it actually is? Is that they put the full names for serial or for killers or assassinations because regular people don't want to be associated with it. Mm. So like, like John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. So that's if you're just regular John Gacy. Yeah. Working down Tesco. You do. You not won't be killing young men in your clown apartment. costume. Clown costume. Yeah, anyway, as an aside, um, yeah, Yvette Monique Sport died of a heart attack after having a minibar drink in her room at the Bahia Principe, Principe Resort. And in July, David Harrison mysteriously died from pulmonary edema at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Is pulmonary edema like a heart attack? I think so. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. No, pulmon is uh, pool, is lungs, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. So, a lung attack. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's a lung attack. Oh, sorry. We can find out. <laughs> we'll Google all these things afterwards. We'll let out. everybody else know. This is an interactive episode of What a Way to Go. If you're listening, just take a moment, just Google pulmonary edema, and then you'll know. Problem yeah. solved. Give you a minute. Carry on. Retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. Minute of silence. Minute of silence. I should Google some stuff. Um, It's not just people dying. There have been reports of people becoming seriously ill while vacationing in the country. In early June, Bachelor star Melissa Rycroft came down with a mystery stomach bug whilst on vacation. Two weeks later, WFLA reported that 47 
Jimmy Buffett fans who went to Punta Cana in April became violently sick after going in the swim-up pool at Hotel Ria Palace Macao um, or from drinking at the swim-up bar. Um, and one member was quoted as saying, when, when all was said and done, I lost 19 pounds. I'm just grateful to be alive at this point. I mean, if you're consistently being sick for a very long time, it is the worst. It's fucking the worst. 19 pounds? Yeah. A stone fucking and a half. Hell. Well, it's a stone and five pounds, isn't it? That's mad. That's mad. So dangerous. Yeah, it's really dangerous. Um, Did you hear about the, not on the same scale, obviously... Did you hear about the norovirus outbreak at Glastonbury? No. Only 500 people got norovirus from an ice cream van. Oh, no. From an ice cream van? Yeah. Like, whilst Fuck they were there? Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, shit. worst possible place to have norovirus. Oh, no. That would be the worst. I would just leave, I think. Oh, you'd, you'd have, have to. to. But then, like, how are you getting home? Like, crawling while you're puking and shitting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily, my stepdad lives not far from there, so I would just... You'd be fine. Everybody go to Els. We yeah. should have told them that beforehand, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't we? All of the we should have had an evacuation plan. <laughs> they would love that. Actually, I mean... Malcolm would have loved it. We took down the whole house at Christmas because we had, like, yeah. a stomach bug that digged the rounds just within yeah. our family. So And they they handled that, you know. Neither of them really went down, so... Oh. Amazing immune systems. Possibly, yeah. Lizard people. <laughs> All that. I don't know. One of the two. Do probably. they wear coats in the summer? Lizard people. Is that, is that one of the... Mm, it's a big we're one. cold-blooded. Mm, it's a big one. God, I love conspiracy theories. Anyway. It's the second one we've had in 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, treats. What's the topic of this podcast? Oh, I wish it was conspiracy theories. No, I don't. I wish we just had another one about the conspiracy theories, if I'm being honest. Anyway. anyway. Um. So, basically... It's really unclear what the fuck is going on. Um, Any theories? Yes, there are theories. Um, well, there's an uh, an interview um, that Dr. Tom Inglesby did with The Times, and he is the director of the John Hopkins Center for Health Security, um, and said that the American similar symptoms are consistent with poisoning. Um, it's rare for travellers to die of unknown causes like this and to have a high number of them in a relatively short period of time is alarming, shocking and incredibly sad. It's something that investigators should be able to get to the bottom of. However, as I mentioned, experts, news outlets and Dominican officials are increasingly accusing the media of drumming up panic over a string of deaths they argue aren't connected. The dozen deaths reported this month represent at most a tiny fraction, just a few percent of all of the ones that would be expected to occur in any year of US travel to the Dominican Republic, journalist Daniel Engbar writes in Slate. They do not compose a trend, spate, string, cluster or any mystery to speak of. Um... Which is kind of, I mean, obviously, you've got to look at the stats when it comes to stuff like this. But also, none of those are necessarily expected deaths. I mean, everyone's going to have a heart problem or whatever. There's going to all be, all be those things. But there is the element of water being yeah. connected to them. Yeah, and it's like if you, yeah, if you just take pure numbers, you expect a certain amount of deaths. But you're right, that's not necessarily the ones that are premature or the result of traveling or whatever yeah no and for them to go for them to be able to go back to 2018 and connect a couple of deaths from there as well Mm. makes it seem that there's similar Mm -hmm. characteristics though the dominican government insists that the deaths are not connected experts say that many of the victims have had eerily similar symptoms leading police to investigate what they could believe to be the shared source any ideas what it is minibars someone spiking the minibars Bootleg alcohol. I was going to... Yeah. 
potentially um, spiced with antifreeze. Oof. Fuck. Yeah. So, um, how could this be? Um, how could this cause the deaths? Um, in an inter- Go on. Sorry. If that was the case, though, surely it would be. I know that the area is quite popular with American tourists, but surely that would be happening to locals as well, maybe? Yeah. Or, I mean, I suppose if it's specifically... I suppose there's going to be a, a journey of like particular suppliers supplying hotels, so maybe locals less so if they don't Yeah, like if it's the... the people going in... If it's if the booze is going into hotels yeah. predominantly and it's not locals staying in hotels. But then there are obviously other nationalities that holiday in the Dominican Republic, so mm. why specifically? Mm. Yeah, Americans. I mean, it, it, there, that isn't really clear at all, to be honest. And also, I do think that... Because I remember, I remember being on holiday, and you know when you go... Well, no, I've only been to one all-inclusive in my lifetime, and they do say things about um, certain hotels or whatever, like fake the alcohol content yeah. or water mm. things down and things like that. And there probably isn't a way that you as a, as a tourist or you as a person staying in a hotel could find out the kind of legitimacy of the alcohol. But it could be that it's not this one batch, this one box of alcohol that's then dispersed amongst the hotel is fucked. It's one bottle within one box and there's ten bottles. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it could be a really interesting... Interesting is the wrong word. It could be a really, like, intricate way of there being fake alcohol in the system. Yeah. It could be malicious. Otherwise, it would be it, really obvious straight away. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. It could be malicious or it could just be a money-making thing or a money-saving thing. I've, you just have no idea. But you're right, it's weird that it's not an epidemic and Mm. it is just more drip by drip sort of in an interview with the cut Lawrence Koblinski um who is a forensic science professor at John Jay College of criminal justice in Manhattan described what would happen were someone to ingest half an ounce of pure methanol which they think the drinks have been laced with he said it can be toxic and even lethal um, and he got really specific in his interview of the Post. He said that the symptoms specifically resemble either methanol or pesticide poisoning. Ugh. Methanol, as we know, because we did, I did the story about the South Pole poisoning. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. The simplest form of alcohol, and is closely related to ethanol, which is normally found in spirits, wine, and beer. So obviously, if it's not distilled properly, it goes um, very bad. So it will be absorbed into the gastrointestinal tract and in the liver. Enzymes convert alcohol into formaldehyde and formaldehyde is subsequently converted to form- formic acid, which is highly toxic. Kublinski told the cut. Formic acid will prevent your body from using oxygen, which will cause your blood to become acidified. This is when your body starts to shut down. The heart will pump faster, blood pressure will increase and the victim will breathe more rapidly, trying to acquire more oxygen into the lungs. There are neurological effects as well and the toxicity will also contractually will affect contracility of the heart muscle, causing heart failure. This can result in pulmonary edema and acute respiratory distress. So that would explain a lot of why all of the similar people were experiencing the same symptoms, because it would... That makes loads of sense. Because of that that poisoning. Um, Even so, the resorts where the deaths have occurred, as well as the Dominican authorities, maintain that the fatalities were isolated incidents. um, And the bootleg liquor hypothesis is still just a theory. So no one actually knows what's going on. But like I said, tourism is kind of bouncing back. Mm. Um, But I'm sure there will be more deaths to add to this list soon. Would there not have been some sort of... um, Something on the skin? No, 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 post-mortem. Autopsy. Autopsy. 
that would have been able to determine if there was like a, a like a substance. In the I don't know if you can tell if it's specifically ethanol or methanol poisoning, though, can you? Because it's the same as our South Pole guy. They couldn't they couldn't determine what the whatever it was that caused the death. They could just determine the cause of death, which was right. the pulmonary edema or whatever. Right, right, right. Well, maybe because alcohol goes out of your body after a certain amount of time, maybe it just disperses from your body by the time the autopsy comes around. Because they'll die. Mm, Autopsy wouldn't be done within 24 hours necessarily, especially if they're not found in the hotel room for a couple of hours or a day or two. Mm. I don't know. Weird though, hey? Really weird. Although the pesticide thing as well makes me think if it's a possibility, then that could just be like an erroneous thing of... The fruit that's in the fruit bowl in the hotels is treated with a pesticide that's yeah. going to kill you. But then that could also mean, because if it's happening in the pool bars and then mini bars, that could also mean mm. there's something in the water of the swimming pool and also in the water of the ice, which would make sense that it was only affecting certain people because yeah. they already had underlying issues and not everybody. Yeah, but that's true. I don't know. Ooh, I had no, I'd never seen, I hadn't seen about that on the news at all. Fascinating. No, really it. fascinating. Let's not go to the Dominican Republic in the short term. No, I'd quite like to still. Just won't drink anything from the minibar. No ice. Just be teetotal the whole time. Yeah. Daily, do you want to tell us a story? Sure. Okay, so mine is another really recent one. Ooh. That I'm sure you will know about, but it's kind of one of several. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the mad, sad world of stowaways on planes. Oh. Yeah. So, on Sunday the 30th of June, mm. 2019, at around 3.30 in the afternoon, a body fell just a metre away from a resident of Offerton Road, Clapham, who had been sunbathing in the garden. Um, yeah, you, 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 this is all over the news. In, mm. in Oxford the graduate. Yeah, Oxford graduate. Yeah. We'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know we do have some listeners from outside the UK and this was um, pretty big news over the weekend. So a neighbour said he heard a womp, so he looked out of an upstairs window and saw the body and blood all over the walls of the garden. Simultaneously, a plane spotter, who who knew that there were plane spotters, but apparently there's plenty. Mm-hmm. And someone, a plane spotter from Clapham Common, had been watching it arrive. Um, he'd been following the flight on a plane tracking app and had seen the body fall. Oh, God. Yeah. Awful for him. Fucking mad. Um, th- basically, the person had been stowing away in with the landing gear, so like all the wheels and everything of the mm-hmm. plane. And then as the plane was coming in to land at Heathrow, and the landing gear was coming, was lowering, coming out. The person had fallen from where he was stowed, and they'd fallen three thousand five hundred feet, which is quite far to fall. Mm. Um, so the plane spotter who had been on Clapham Common ran towards where he saw it fall, and he arrived almost at the same time as the police, and was able to tell them that the body had fallen from a Kenya Airways flight. The neighbour who spotted it from his upstairs window said, if it had been two seconds later, he would have landed on the common where there were hundreds of people. My kids were in the garden 15 minutes before he fell. So, again, for people that don't know, Clapham Common is like a massive public 
park area that's super popular on that day it would have been so hot so absolutely you know hundreds and hundreds of people would have been out Mm. there so subsequently it's been discovered that the plane originally started off in johannesburg and had thrown flown the 3000 miles to nairobi and from there two hours later it set off for london which is a journey of more than 4000 miles it's not yet known whether the person stowed away in Johannesburg or Nairobi. Mm. That's unknown. But people have stowed away on that exact same route before from Johannesburg. Mm. Um, the Met Police said a post-mortem examination would be carried out in due course and the death wasn't being treated as suspicious. Um, Kenya Airways, who is the operator um, of the flight from Nairobi to London, said the aircraft was inspected, no damage was reported, but a bag, water and some food were found in the landing gear compartment of the aircraft, so someone was definitely in there on purpose. Mm. So obviously where I've been reading up around these kinds of incidents, I was like, could it could it be ever just totally by accident? And it's really, really unlikely. People it, wouldn't necessarily be in there. Yeah, it's usually always someone Yeah, as they've done away. it on purpose, yeah. yeah. Um. So the discovery of the stowaway who started his journey... Oh, it's not known, actually. The, the, the discovery of the stowaway who either started his journey or at some point was at Jomo Kenyatta International Airport in Nairobi has raised questions about the effectiveness of security checks in place there. The airport is already under a state of heightened security, largely responding to the threat posed by the militant group Al-Shabaab, who are based in Somalia. Uh, the Kenya Airport's authority says a team has been assembled to investigate how the stowaway got on board the plane. Um, I've seen pictures online of the site in the back garden where the body landed and because it was basically made of ice at that point because you're flying mm. at 35,000 feet for most of it. Um, it was actually it was like a massive rock landing rather than you know a human body. So it's pretty crazy, the, the photos. So when... He have died in yeah. the plane. Yeah, he would have died yeah. in the plane. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I realised that. Well, yeah. let me tell you about the medical conundrum of plane stowaways. There's a whole article about it, basically. Um, so this is so back in 2015, someone did basically exactly this. Um, they stowed away between Johannesburg and London on a Boeing 747, which cruises at like 35,000 feet. As we know well, the height of the summit of Everest. Oh yeah, we know that. And we know how long it takes to acclimatise to the the temperature and the altitude at the summit of Everest. Two, two months. months. Two months. So the standard ambient temperature at thirty five thousand feet is around minus fifty four degrees Fucking Celsius. Hell. Um, and oxygen levels drop to about a quarter of those at sea level. So it is basically impossible to survive in these in these um in this environment the odds of survival for a stowaway who climbs into the small space above a wheel seem tiny assuming they're not crushed to death when the wheel draws up or they don't fall out as it lowers ahead of landing which is what, what happened, happened here him, yeah. um so back in 2015 this um that this story comes from a 24 year old man was in a critical condition in a west london hospital having seemingly endured conditions that should in theory rapidly kill any person um and on the same flight the body of another man was found on a roof a few miles from heathrow someone fell onto the roof of the offices of not on the high street really yeah in richmond really nice offices if you ever go past there (sighs) or like there's like q way yeah um a Mozambican man called Carlito Valle hit the roof of, not on the high street in Richmond, after falling from a British Airways flight. 
It is mad. Mm. But anyway, so someone else that had been apparently on that same flight had survived. Jack Kreindler is a high-altitude physician at the Centre for Health and Human Performance. That's not the same as the Johns Hopkins one that you were talking about, is it? Um, It's unbelievable. So Jack says, it's unbelievable that anyone could survive these conditions. People spend up to three months acclimatising to the top of Everest. Even that's completely different. It's gradual. The clothing is designed, etc., etc. If someone were to ask the odds of surviving in a wheel well from Johannesburg to London, there is not one expert who'd give them a chance. So when people do survive, and and it has happened a number of times before, for example, the South Africa stowaway in 2015 is not the first wheel well climber. Is he still alive now? Do we know? Yeah, no, I think so, because they were always reported as like, this person survived. Oh, fine. Yeah, so if if in 2019 it's like, this bloke survived, then he's still survived. Um, the South Africa stowaway is not the first wheel well climber to survive a jet flight. In fact, the rate of survival may be as high as about one in five, according to the US Federal Aviation Authority. But the lower the altitude, the better your chances. At the highest heights, at the highest altitudes commercial flights reach, it's hard to explain how anyone could survive. Is there anything to help would-be stowaways withstand the conditions? Tire friction on takeoff might mean that the tires are then superheated, and when they mm. tuck up into the well, they mm. they're giving off some of the heat. But that would dissipate quite quickly, long, yeah. yeah. If especially if these flights are eight hours, yeah. Um, as can warm fluid in hydraulic lines within the compartment. So the kind of hydraulics that move the parts, the fluid needs to stay warm and is warmed up by movement, so that could be it. But yeah, these sources fade as the plane ascends, taking the temperature far below anything regarded as survivable. The wheel well on a 747 is protected from the elements but not pressurised, so yeah, you're not necessarily going to get like wind blowing at you or blowing you away, but um, it's not pressurised. Mm. Um, there is no obvious way of getting into a space more conducive to life. Um, there is something that can happen to bodies in to alive to, something that can happen to people, not alive bodies. We can call them people um, at really low temperatures, which is they can go poikilothermic, um, which means that their body temperature becomes more controlled by the external environment. A state somewhat reminiscent of hibernation occurs. Mm. Well, like cryotherapy yeah kind of the body's temperature can fall to 27 degrees or even lower so bearing in mind it's got to be like 37 um unconsciousness and lower heart and breathing rates occur this would mean the body would pump blood to the brain more efficiently and distribute it only to the automatic nervous system so basically only to the bits that really need it so that could happen this is basically they had a whole team of medics trying to work out how some people might be able to survive so, yeah, as I said, these, these kinds of things of people falling out of planes happens all the time. Um, on the exact same flight as, as this one in 2019, uh, in 1997, the body of a young man was found hanging in the nose wheel of a British Airways flight from Nairobi after it landed at Gatwick Airport. I don't know how that happens. Um, a second man... Oh, another man... OK, yeah, so 2015... The guy landed on the roof, not on the high street, and a second man miraculously survived an 11-hour flight from South Africa. A 20-year-old Romanian man also survived in the undercarriage of a private jet from Vienna to Heathrow in 2010. It had flown at comparatively low altitude with enough oxygen for him to breathe. So I guess if it's private jet, it doesn't fly that high. And also it's a shorter uh, shorter time flight, isn't it, Vienna to... Yeah, true. 
Um, and then Turkish stowaway Kikmet Kumur froze to death in the landing gear compartment of a BA jet in July 2013. He was travelling from Istanbul to the UK to see his girlfriend. Um, yeah, that's the sad, mad world of plane stowaways and mm. how desperate some people must be to make that journey. Yeah. I genuinely didn't know that they froze. I genuinely yeah. didn't yeah. know. If it's if it's up there, if it's high enough for long enough, that's what will kill you. It's not the fall. I was just thinking. I mean, obviously, there's a much much bigger conversation about um, refugees and people trying to get to a different country or trying to get to a better country. But with the the likelihood of that being successful so slim, how people are? What, I mean, obviously, I know why people are still doing it. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you were if you were desperate to make a better life for mm-hmm. yourself. I don't know. It's just, I suppose. I suppose the the desire to get somewhere better and look after yourself supersedes your. Yeah, I think that's the odds. It's like when yeah. people talk about like anyone that's willing to risk not only their lives but like the lives of their children to make really dangerous crossings yeah. are doing so because they they have got no other choice. They don't yeah. have an option. Yeah. yeah, which is horrific. Yeah, mm. heartbreaking. Yeah, it's always really sad. Like. Like you said about the fact that like the media frame that as Oxford graduate. Oh yeah, oh, reporting on that was fucking outrageous. Rather than the fact that this man, this poor man, has risked his life to get to someone that he clearly thought was an answer to a better life or yeah. something like that, and has died as a result of it. But I couldn't possibly want to disrupt. No, I didn't want to affect. And that's not. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the guy that was sunbathing, that would have That's been gonna be very traumatic, traumatic yeah, for yeah. him. Of course it, it would have been. Oh, it, it is regardless of where he went to school. Yeah. If yeah. he was, you know, desperate for a better life, like he's not a less of a person. Like it just meant... The way that they reported it just meant it to me that they put more value on the life of the sunbather than the person in the plane, mm. which I think mm. is horrendous. And it doesn't matter whether he was an Oxford graduate or not. If he'd have been hit by the, the person falling course that would have been catastrophic mm. but the idea was like, oh it was nearly an oxford graduate that died as well and it's like give a Heaven fuck someone else has already died so yeah. but it's also i guess the reference to the fact that yeah yeah there were people on clapham common and that would have been horrific if that had you know caused somebody else to die or anything like that but but that is kind of again it feels like it's taking away anything from the person that actually did fall yeah. did lose their that life happened to, yeah. yeah like heaven like thank god he didn't well, but well, yeah. Thank God he did. It, it, it. The incident didn't cause more, more death. More death. Yeah. But he's not just a rock that fell out of the no. sky. That's a human life. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 media. Two very of the minute stories. Yeah. Like within the last thirty days. I was just gonna go back to like fourteen oh six. Sixteen hundred. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Not that far, but mine is mine's always there. Uh, old old stuff. Okay. Take us back to the olden times. Yeah. Always. Um, mine's set in America as well. Not well. Yours wasn't set in America. But mine's about American Americans, <laughs> the Americans, the Americans. In fact, there is a link to yours because, um, John Hopkins University. Ooh, your little face lit up when Squares said it, and I was like, oh, I think they're in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that the same as me? So I'm going to look at my notes, and it is. So, mine is in the late 18th century, and then <clears throat> the late 19th century, and then the early 20th century. Okay. I'm oh, I'm already hooked. Mm. Yeah. 
And yeah. So in the late 18th century, there was an, an epidemic of yellow fever in Philadelphia. Um, so the city was a port city, or I, I assume it still is, never been. Um, and so it's. I thought it was inland. Have I been? Oh, I thought it was inland too. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of something else. Um, maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I mean, don't think you are. I think we're wrong. And then I thought in my head of the when I've been to America, I thought it was Washington DC, and I was like, "Well, Daddy got punched in the face in Washington DC, so it's not there." <laughs> it's, not, it's on a river. Is it? Well, I mean, else you know better than us because you've got it written down in front. Yeah. Of you. Well, I didn't. I, mean, I didn't like get. Mm, I don't know now. Someone look that up. Make I'm a sure note. it said it was a port city. Yeah, this and back, thing to that the I read. back to because the interaction. Because the thing elements. is, the reason for that is because it is thought that the fever was brought by a mosquito. Well, mm. it's that's thought now at the time. With water. Um, so on board a ship sailing from Saint Dominique, um, that were carrying a lot of people, and there were a lot of people at that time that were fleeing from the Haitian Revolution, which was. Um, quite a big part in the sort of fight to end slavery which was obviously happening a lot around the sort of 18th century mm-hmm. um so so yeah so that's how they sort of thought possibly that was the start of it um and the city at that time was very crowded um so the disease spread really quickly um and there were a lot of like cl- crowded tenement blocks and things on the Delaware River so it's on some sort of water um so obviously lots of people together, stuff spreads. Although I think yellow fever isn't necessarily contagious human to human, is it? I think it's more... No, you do need mosquitoes. You need a mosquito. But because of the river, obviously mosquitoes, they love like stagnant, mm. marshy, watery things. Um, So the first two people that died of yellow fever, that was in early August of 1793... Uh, and they were recent immigrants to the USA. One was from Ireland, the other one was from St. Dominique. Um, and there were letters that were published in a pamphlet um, that described their cases, and that was about a month after they died. And at that time um, that kind of this yellow fever was happening, um, Philadelphia was home to the government, and so... They all left the city. George Washington was leader at that time. He left the city as well. It's just thinking about Hamilton. I saw it last week. Oh, it's so good, isn't it's it? It's so good, yeah. It's the best. Yeah, so when I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is around the time of... I learned something. <laughs> yeah, didn't they? Didn't, they didn't bring the yellow fever epidemic up in the no, musical. No, not so much. Shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Is that when they moved to DC? Mm. Or did they just go out for a I little bit? I think they just went so they didn't die of yellow fever. Oh, fine. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Good for them. So, symptoms of yellow fever include a high temperature, a headache, sick, vomiting, muscle pain, backache, like sensitive eyes to light. That's a bit like a hangover. Yeah. Loss of appetite or generally unwell. So, some oh, people no. get. I'm very hungry on, an, on a hangover. Yeah, unless, well, unless it's gone too far. <laughs> yeah, it's a fine, it's fine line. It's a yeah. hangover fine line. Um, so, some people do, the symptoms do clear up, but others it deteriorates, and then people can get a yellowing of the skin and eyes, so jaundice essentially. Um, some people bleed from the mouth, the nose, or the eyes. Um, and no, people can you. vomit blood. And if that happens, people tend to die. Die. 
game over. So by the summer of 1793, so obviously this the first people to die was early August, I think quite quickly an epidemic was declared. Um, and out of 50,000 people in Philadelphia, 5,000 died. So 10% of the population were wiped out by Jesus. By this epidemic. Um it did finish by the autumn, so like the like the sort of rate of people dying quite quickly from it stopped by the autumn, I think partly because obviously temperatures dropped and that tends to stop things from getting... Mm, mosquitoes die. Yeah, um, but no cause of had been found and the cure for it hadn't been found. Um, and the fever did also spread to, to nearby cities, which included New York and Baltimore. Um, and obviously, also at this time, people didn't understand that the reason for it was a uh, mosquito bite. So people were were no none the wiser as to why this had happened. It wasn't until the late 18th century that people started to understand and look for vaccines against yellow fever. So one of the people who was working on studying the disease and finding a cure was a man named Jesse William Lazier. Lazier. Three names again. L-A-Z-E-A-R. Lazier? Anyway. <laughs> Lazier? So he <laughs> began... One of the two. He began studying malaria and yellow fever whilst he was studying at John Hopkins University mm. um, in Baltimore because there had been an endemic of both in the area. So I guess... If mosquitoes are coming, they're not just spreading yellow fever, spreading malaria. They're probably spreading dengue fever and All sorts. Other, other shit you can get from them. Racist mm. views or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Racist mosquitoes. Them. Yeah. So in 1900, old Jesse William Lazier packed up and he moved to Cremades in Cuba um, and he worked as an assistant surgeon at their um, at the American Army's Columbia Barracks in the city. Um, so at that time, there, the, there was a Spanish-American war. It had just ended. So at that time, both malaria and yellow fever had killed more soldiers than had died from fighting Fuck. the war. Um, so the army wanted answers, mm. as I said in my the thing that I read. Um, so there was a... Cuban epidemiologist uh, who was called Carlos Finlay. Um, And in 1881, he thought that mosquitoes were probably the reason for the disease. Um, And he narrowed it down to something called an Aedes genus. Who knows? That's the particular... So genus is like one up from species. So our genus is homo. Oh, okay. So it's like he's... I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> um, it's like he's identified, oh, it's this very specific species of mosquito because you have like loads, oh, and loads, of, right. loads of different types of mosquito. Right. And there's one specific genus that okay. does it. Because it's the quiet ones that spread malaria, isn't it? It's always the quiet ones. <laughs> it's always the quiet ones. Um, so Lazia sort of subscribed to that school of thought as well. He thought, yeah, probably a mosquito. So he, um, and when he was in Cuba in 1900, so we are 
quite far ahead now. Um, he wrote to his wife in September and said that he thought he was on the track of the real germ. So, Lizzie obviously had this hypothesis that was also the hypothesis of um, old Carlos Finlay. And he was like, well, I need to test this out. So he felt like probably the best person to try it on was himself. So, whilst he was working on a vaccine, Mosquito bit him. um, And he he got yellow fever. The when I was reading this there are some like conflicting reports because some people sort of say that actually he was working on something to develop a vaccine for the disease and he accidentally infected himself and other people sort of say well he might have just been bitten by a wild mosquito and got it which would just be incredibly ironic as we mm-hmm. cover. Um that is ironic. <laughs> that is ironic. Yeah. yeah. I just I was laughing about waiting for Daily to say I'm not I'm not sure that no. counts. I'm not sure that is no, actually. No, that's perfect. Ironic. We've learned we've we've learned really well. Contracting yellow fever while you're developing a vaccine for yellow fever. That's my friend. That is ironic. But is that ironic because yellow fever was rife in those times? It was just You like, were rife in those times. <laughs> likely. It was fucking likely. Um but um a colleague of Lizia called Reed. That was his surname, and I haven't written his first name down. Someone Mr. Reed. Reed. Sorry, Mr. Reed. Um, he said that he found references to um, to his like to Lizia's like notes around what he was doing, and that he'd sort of written about self experimentation. So possibly he had thought, "Well, give us a go." I guess maybe if you think like I've got the vaccine, like. But then, actually, how do you know you've got a yellow fever one on you? Because it might be one that's true. Not carrying anything. So that means that he probably did inject himself with it or get it from the lab. I suppose, yeah. But I guess if he did do that, he would only have done it to try the vaccine. Maybe at that point the vaccine wasn't good enough or something. Was this all written by Excuse anti-vaxxers? Me. I know, right? <laughs> Probably. It's just going to give you yellow fever. You can't, it doesn't work. Can't do it. <laughs> you just die. Um, Did you see who came out as an anti vaxxer the other day? Yeah. Jessica Beale. That's it. Justin Timberlake's wife. Oh, really? Fuck it now. She's wrong pretty. With these people? She's not clever. She's so beautiful. <laughs> Bloody Jessica Beale. Um, and apparently, uh, Mr. Reed kept the notebook in his office for the rest of his career, but it went missing shortly after his death. So no one ever saw stuff around Lizia's final experiment. Mm. Um, so, Lizia's death did enable his colleague, Reed, to convince the army to approve and fund a formal round of experiments to confirm the hypothesis that it was a mosquito that caused yellow fever. Um, And the article that I was reading said that Reed often gets credit for solving what caused this huge epidemic in America um, and ultimately coming up with a vaccine for it. But um, Lazia obviously was quite a big player in that and also Finlay was the one who originating, had the original idea that mosquitoes were possibly the reason for yellow fever. Question. Yeah. Was it called yellow fever from the start? 
I don't know, but I think possibly because if jaundice was a big symptom of it, then so everyone, like scarlet fever when everyone yeah, goes red. Everyone was dying of yellow fever and that's what they called it when the army was upset about it. Rather uh, than it being loads of people are dying, we don't know why people are dying. We're not shooting them. I think they knew, like they 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 found the pattern of um, right. symptoms of symptoms, and so they they knew that that was, and I guess something like literally everyone getting jaundice or whatever. Like I think they knew that there was a specific thing that was happening. It was one thing that was not like what happened in the Dominican Republic, where it's like oh, not really sure. Mm. Um, they just didn't know how where it came from or how it yeah spread so quickly. And I, th- I guess it would have been the yellow fever to begin with because people go yellow. Pretty basic name, I suppose, yeah. That's what people were like back then. I didn't put two and two together. There's yellow and scarlet. Any other colours? For fevers? Yeah. Black death, didn't you get, like, black... Um, boils. Boils yeah. and things on you. Mm-hmm. Yellow, red and black. That's a flag, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Must be. Germany? I want to say Germany, but I think it does it have white in it. No, I feel like that's Germany. Yeah, it might be Germany. Someone look it up. Again, again. I love how convinced we are of our like knowledge. We've I bet we were right about Dominican Republic, we were right about Philadelphia, and we were right about the German flag. I'm telling you now. I don't know, I think we might be wrong about Philadelphia now. I don't think the German flag Well, it might right be either. a port. It might be a port. It fucking is. Get your phone what out. It's black, red, and yellow. Trust me. German flag. That's what I'm looking at. Black. What did you say? Black, Black red, red, and yellow. yellow. Yeah, you're right. Ah, look at the Dominican Republic as well. It's an <laughs> island in the Caribbean. The Dominican Republic is a country located in the island of Hispaniola in the greater Antares archipelago of the Caribbean region. So it's a country in an island with something else. I thought it was like it sort of came down, but it was kind of connected to the mainland. But I might. You thinking be of Florida? Wrong. It's right <laughs> next to Haiti. Which is where we were for you. Oh, so it's, oh, it's on the same island as Haiti. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. What okay, well, we were close, and the other one is is it, Philadelphia inland. But I think if it is, it must be a port that's on. It must be like a big old river. Right? Yeah, fine. So I've never seen Philadelphia, and considering how much I love Tom Hanks. No, I've never seen Philadelphia. Tom Hanks's son. It's surprising I've Carl never seen it. it. It's got a river, so yeah, it would have been. But it's a port. not on a coast. It's not on a coast. Anyway. See. We're all right in a way. We're all right. Great. Let's move so, on. Let's to move on. Girl crushes. To girl crushes. What's a girl crush daily? A girl crush, Sarah Austin, <laughs> is um somebody who we like to talk about at the end of our podcast because we've been talking about really fucking depressing things. And a, a girl crush can be anyone who is a woman or a girl, and they have done something well no they don't even have to have done anything they can either look really good or they can be really motivational or they can have achieved something incredible or they can be funny or what literally any reason whatever we're into it so who's your girl crush of the week my girl crush of the week is retta he doesn't have a last name i know in uh, parks and rec yeah yeah because i've just started watching good girls Oh, I need to watch that. I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, oh, what is it? It's a programme with Retta, Christina Hendricks and another woman. And it's about them and something that they do. 
Oh, it's very good. Really funny. Are you, are you purposely being quiet? Um, she doesn't understand. <laughs> they do a thing. <laughs> it's um, really funny. And Rhett is really good in it. But also, I fucking loved her in Parks and Rec. She was very good yeah, in Parks Yeah, she was very funny. And she means it's still okay to say treat yourself. Yeah. After Aziz Ansari. Yeah. Although, the Aziz Ansari thing... We did, we've already talked about this, haven't we? Yeah. But, I'm not talking about him necessarily but the um the online the online backlash no the online publication that did that story, oh yeah, yeah um there was like a expose about them because they've gone under babe.net mm. it's really fucking interesting and also it doesn't necessarily mean that the aziz ansari thing wasn't true and accurate and whatever but they're Babe.net's ethics and what they did mm. is really fucking interesting in the context of everything that went down about Aziz Ansari. Oh. I'll try and find the link and yeah, put it online. Yeah, send me the link. Um, because oh, yeah, put it online for our listeners. <laughs> I was just like, you could just text it to me. It was fucking interesting. Mm. Really interesting. But anyway, that's not the point. Treat yourself. Treat Retta. yourself. Everybody watch Good Girls. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's nice. funny. Good, good shout. Great shout. Thanks. Thanks very much. Who's um, yours, Daily? Mine this week is Andrea Lawler, who is an author who wrote Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl, um, which I've been posting about on Instagram as if I'm an influencer with my, like, 200 followers. Because you got a proof book from Kish? It wasn't proof. I paid good money for it. Oh, but, okay. yeah. But there my, was one you... Yeah. My darling, wonderful, talented friend edited it. She doesn't listen, so she's not getting that much of a oh, shout-out. But um, it's a fantastic book. Uh, I would recommend it. Won't give too much away. It's kind of it's it's like queer literature, but a little bit almost sci-fi and Ooh. set in like nineties California. It's really, really, really interesting. I really enjoyed it. I read it in about a day and a half on holiday. Nice. That's Paul takes the form of a mortal girl. Mm. Sounds good. Else, uh, mine is. I read something the other day about patriarchal chickens. <laughs> You what? <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> so you look so happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> so when you say it, it, it sounds oh ridiculous. Chicken, as in like when you drive cars towards each yeah. other. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. What's so, happening? So this is something that I had thought what? about when I'd been walking along the street in London, and then I read reference to it, so I was reading about it. So. Dr. Charlotte Riley, who is, I have found out, a professor of history at Southampton University, but I think lives in London, wrote an article about patriarchal chicken, which is basically when you're walking along the road, or the street, not the road, because you'll definitely die. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Be careful! Yeah. Um, And... uh, you have to get out the way of the men coming at you, oh. particularly the suited and booted ones. So it's about like, I'm not going to move for you. And it's that chicken of, and I've done How it before. How close are you going to get before they move? Yeah. And I didn't really know it was a thing. Like it's been a thing in my head before. Like, I'm not going to move, you move. Um, but she wrote like an article about it. And then anyway, I was looking at her Twitter and she's just very funny and clearly very clever. And also, um, I think there was like something at the university where she works where someone compared abortion to necrophilia which is mad and she wrote what? a really good quite cutting what Southampton University yeah he got told to leave yeah. fucking hell um, I can't even make that logic jump I I'm not sure if I want to um, no I didn't I didn't go into about this guy too much because I was trying to find out more about her as the good person yeah um 
she just wrote quite a good tweet about people that study political science. No I'm offense gonna follow her. if you do. But um follow her right now. Yeah, I just liked the fact that I'd I was like, oh, that's a thing. Like, because I've thought about it in my head before. Because, like, just I walked here from London Bridge and so many men striding towards you mm. and they ain't getting out of the way. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get out of the way either. Yeah. I mean, at some point, someone does. What are we going to do here? Just walk straight into each other? Yeah, or just walk straight into each other. But yeah, I liked that. So there it is. Look it up. Follow her on Instagram. Good one. Not Instagram, Twitter. Dr. Charles Murphy. Dr. Charlotte Riley. <laughs> oh, Riley. Why am I looking up Murphy? Um, that's very good. I think that I'm quite a um, aware person when it comes to walking down the road, and I always like to preempt. I did very good on my like peripheral vision part of my mm-hmm. driving test. <laughs> nice. Um, so that's maybe, going on the CV too. Yeah. Don't need BCG. <laughs> very Cut. good at peripheral vision. Flying Great vision. Peripheral. Flying vision. Flying colours of peripheral vision. Wouldn't be a very good horse. Um... <laughs> So I think that I haven't noticed that and it's only recently that people are talking about it more or whatever is confirmation bias. I'm hearing about people talking about it more. Uh, Now I do try and notice it. Mm. Sometimes it's women that don't move out of my way though. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. It's not always men. Oh, no, but it mostly is men. But I think it mostly is. And they're quite often wearing suits. Suits. And they have that haircut, you know, the haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But sometimes it's just people that are on their phones. So, you know... It's not, I'm not saying it's just one camp. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of annoying people that walk the streets. Yeah, yeah there is. <laughs> it's quite yeah. hard work. Because I always think, like, A, I'll get my steps up. B, I really like walking places. So if I can, like, get off a place, at, stop early when I've got the time to do it, then lovely, I'm doing it. Yeah. think it's really lovely. And actually, last Thursday, I was around and about going to some things. And then I came to pick something up from Matt here. So I walked from... Leicester Square to here. Nice, it was a very yeah. sunny day, and I listened to the Throwback Thursday playlist, which was all about pride. And I had a nice walk through London. But today, I walked from London Bridge to here, and it was five, nope, six o'clock, and it was not so fun. No. So people just are awful. Of, yeah, hard work. Yeah, we are, aren't we? All of mm. us. Yeah, I'm sure people have got annoyed with trying to get around me, and I try to be quite a considerate you know, sharer of the pavement, but I'm not perfect. No. Turns out. Nearly, but not quite. Almost. <laughs> Practically perfect. In every not. way. That's good. I've already started following her. So, well, my done. Well, my done? Well, my well, done. done. Well done. <laughs> I think that brings us to the end. We don't even know what episode this is, That's do we? Really oh. taken... I want to say 36. I think 37. Oh, yeah, because you took all the goddamn... It's 36. 36. Oh, I'm wrong. I had to take off the title numbers mm. because Apple now have them in the titles themselves. So it looked like 35, episode 35. Oh, fair and enough. And some people said that they've been banned from iTunes or Apple Podcasts because of it. I think it looks neater. I'm down. You look neater. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Except I don't because famously I'm not wearing any makeup today and I'm wearing clogs. Yeah, Let's see tell. if I can make, make a noise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's quite... I mean, they're wood, so... Yeah, very comfortable. Swedish has been. <laughs> Plug. Now I know. Anyway. Um, that's that's the, we've been What A Way To Go, sponsored by Swedish has been, sponsored by The Cut, <laughs> sponsored by... Southampton University. Southampton University. Yeah. And Johns Hopkins, apparently. Yeah. Is it Johns Hopkins? I always thought it was Johns. They're the biggest, like, health research 
Institution. Well, maybe it was John Hopkins in in the 19th century. I'm probably wrong. Don't know. Anyway, also quite a good um, techno artist, John Hopkins. <laughs> uh, me, wait. Maybe it's his university. Maybe it is. is he big into yellow <laughs> University fever? of Rave. Mm. Hit us up on socials at WhatAwayPod. If you want to email us. Oh, yeah, at gmail.com. If you want to email us. at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll just see you around slash in two weeks' time for episode 37. Try. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Have a nice one. Bye. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 B